What would you do if you had to figure out how to photograph something in deep space that nobody knows is really there? This question and more get answered on Teamistry, the new podcast from Atlassian. Hosted by filmmaker Gabriella Cowperthwaite, Teamistry looks past the front page headlines and into the untold stories of teams behind groundbreaking moments. Each episode examines how the extraordinary chemistry of these teams made the impossible possible. Download Teamistry for free wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more at Atlassian.com. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. You can do so by giving them a call on plus four four one two seven three seven three three four three three, or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Or you can talk to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be more than happy to help. Today I'm joined by Hannah Bednarova, founder at Bednar Communications. Hannah, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. And you're in sunny Manchester, aren't you? I am. I'm not sure it's sunny today, but I am here in Manchester. <laughs> yes, Manchester causes in the for those that don't know, Manchester is in the sort of middle, slightly upper <laughs> middle section of the UK, and there is a massive blob of cloud over that part of the UK at the moment. We're relatively sunny-ish down here in Brighton. Um, Hannah, thanks for coming on. Tell us a bit about yourself and a little bit about Bednar Communications. Yeah, so I'm a digital PR specialist. I have been doing that for almost a decade, I think, of experience in PR and content marketing. And very recently, I've set up my own agency, which is Bednar Communications. Uh, Simply, it is digital PR agency. We specialize in digital PR, and that's what we do. I myself have experience working in-house as well as for some amazing Manchester-based agencies. But then I decided to try it all myself, and that's what I'm doing at the moment. So um, all happy days. Now, you recently did a talk at Brighton SEO. I think it was last April, wasn't it? And you were talking about, I think the title was something about killer emails and things like that but you actually spoke about a lot of things and i would love to talk today if that's all right with you about a variety of subjects around that and let's start off with the subjects of journalists and specifically contacting journalists um how do you do that how do you contact journalists and what what works and what doesn't as a pr agency so i think the first step and one of the most important steps is starting with the research it does help us find the best way to get in touch with the journalists because that can, that can be calling, emailing, using social media like Twitter, selected Facebook groups, Slack channels, or even WhatsApp groups, uh, which I'm not a fan of, but, you know, if journalists use that, uh, I will. Mm. And it is mainly about what journalists prefer. So the I would say that email communication is one of the – that is used the most – a lot of journalists will actually say on their Twitter bio, for example, that they would like um, to be asked to email them rather than call uh, to get in touch with stories and press releases and content pieces. Um, so I think that it, it is about speaking to journalists and finding out what is the best approach. 
then you can make the personal approach through actually knowing how to contact them, uh, when to contact them, because that can be first thing in the morning on Monday mm. or during the weekend if they are actually looking after the weekend users. So research is key, but then also making sure that we understand which journalist prefers what. So it won't be one way and the only way. There will be several ways, but it's just knowing which works and which doesn't. Now, I said something quite interesting there, Hannah, which I'd like to pick up on. You mentioned that you... You're not madly keen on using WhatsApp. Can I can I drill down on that a bit? Why why is that? So I think I I still find it a bit personal. You know, WhatsApp is like it's you use WhatsApp to speak to your friends and family and and other people really. But with journalists, because the groups are massive groups, so it'll be a selected WhatsApp group that the journalist created, and you'll have hundred PR people in it. Mm. So it's it's a lot about spotting the right opportunity at the right time because it'll get grounded really quickly. So as much as you might think that it's very personal that you've been added to the group, it, you are added alongside 100 other people. So it is massive competition there. Yeah. So where can you find sort of information about publications, readerships or sort of demographics and sort of why is that important? What are the sort of advantages in understanding a, a publication's audience? Yeah, so that, that was one of the main things I covered in the Brighton SEO talk in April. So there are many ways that you can use to find information about publications' readerships. Uh, the majority of publications will have their media kits available online. That I know that is for advertising. But it gives you some great information about their readership, actually, you know, the age, sex, location, income, interest. So accessing these media kits that are available online is the first thing that you can do if you want to find out some information about about the demographic. Mm. But uh, then you can also use um, feature calendars, which, again, can be published online. That is now not used that much anymore because Mm. that was a bit of all tactic for, you know, sort of communicating with PR people without communicating with them. Mm. And But it also includes information about the readership and then obviously topics that the publication will focus on in the future, which is another information that is quite nice when you're planning campaigns. Then my favorite is using YouGov Profile. That That is a paid-for tool, but it's really worth it because you can access some great information about uh, readers for every single publication, but it goes into some really weird details like their favorite food, the preferred pets, TV shows. So <laughs> so if you're creating something about, let's say, you know, any, any upcoming Netflix series, you can actually know which publication's audience prefer Netflix to any other TV channels. Mm. Or, or you know, so it's it's quite it's quite nice, weird, creepy because you know a lot of information suddenly, but nice. And then also Facebook insights. That's um, that's more about understanding for those people that like certain publications, what other things they like, and you get a lot of political stuff there. <laughs> what the Daily Mail readers, which political or other groups they follow so or like on Facebook, actually. So that can be also quite interesting. But uh, not the, the, that way, if you if you sort of done all that, you can also just simply contact the publications directly, speak to the editor, you know, ask them questions about the readership. They will tell you that mm. because you may, they will make sure that you know that, which means they will get less or fewer um, um, irrelevant emails with content because you now understand 
what their readership actually likes and what they are after. So you make sure that you can match your content to that. I have to say, I think that has got to win the prize for the best description of an online service. Creepy but nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right. I want to move on to link building, uh, using digital PR for link building. What are your favorite tactics? I sort of like mixing tactics. So favorite thing is actually doing the approach of a mixture of different tactics. So avoiding, simply avoiding putting all eggs in one basket. So Mm. whether that's, I love creating content pieces. I I love it. I'm a bit of geek. I love data. I spend my Friday evenings looking at, you know, Office of National Statistics releases and, (laughs) and just, and just seeing what, what's been, what's out there, what hasn't been used because there's some public data that is absolutely amazing and it's not used and you can you can create some great, great content using data that is high quality, um, you know, credible if, if it's from the government or the police is releasing data. So creating content is, is one of the things that I love, but need to highlight that it shouldn't be just that you shouldn't rely on one tactic and you know sort of go well let's launch this campaign let's gather these links and hope for the best because if any anything can happen someone can release very similar content or there is something important in the news and your your emails get buried so making sure that you use different tactics like i I really like reacting to journalist requests Mm. so um spotting what journalists are asking for and putting my clients forward and uh, ensuring that um they can help with their tips or advice or comment then tracking current affairs so can we somehow piggyback on something that's happened in the news and and share whether that's all the campaign or the new campaign or just the fact that the client can help with reacting to something that's happening in the news and you know making sure that is uh, is the selection of tactics that i'm using that is receiving the links so the links then come from different types of activity and it's it's quite nice seeing, you know, you've got links from someone commented somewhere, you gave a tip somewhere, and then your main content is receiving links. And it's just sort of nicely gathering and, and you know, it's just, yeah, use, using the sort of selection of your favorite tactics or tactics that you like to use or even testing a bit, doing a bit of experiments while your larger campaign is running to ensure that there is something going on. Yeah, I'm interested in the, with link building, I'm quite interested in the difference in approach uh, with the different budget sizes. Uh, I mean, well, let's start with, the, with perhaps a large budget. I mean, how can you boost link building when running a larger campaign with larger budgets? So it is sort of similar to what I've just said with not relying on one activity. I love big campaigns, don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, if you can run a big campaign you've got the budget it's amazing thing but it's sort of almost making sure that while you've got this big campaign and whether that's that you um, paid for um, research or you use internal data or public data or you design something amazing it's sort of almost taking it apart and seeing how you can use certain parts of the large campaign as it's on their own so as much as you got a big dedicated landing page with a tool, can you actually, if it's, let's say, a quiz and you got a big tool um, that's quiz and you want to attract the, the press on the back of the fact that you created that, 
I would also make sure that while gathering, while you've got this quest and you gather, uh, let's say, responses from people who have completed this quest, can you then release something on the back of that? You know, can you sort of reuse what you've done? Or if it's visual, can you split the visual into um, locations and can you create each new visual for different regions in the UK and target local press? So what can you do to sort of almost take the big campaign apart and use bits mm -hmm. and pieces and assets from the large campaign? While you put pushing that out as a big piece, can you do that with little bits and pieces of the campaign to almost take a different angle? Yeah. Upwork has the world's largest network of independent professionals. Let me just close this real quick. So if you need a back-end developer, a UI designer, or a project manager for six days or six months, Upwork is how. Hey, I have this room booked at noon? I'm just wrapping up here. Upwork professionals have the flexibility and capability to work from anywhere. Yeah, it's 1201. Okay, it's all yours. Which is nice if you're already low on conference rooms. Plus, they're proven, rated, and reviewed. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how. What would you do if you had to figure out how to photograph something in deep space that nobody knows is really there? This question and more get answered on Teamistry, the new podcast from Atlassian. Hosted by filmmaker Gabriella Cowperthwaite, Teamistry looks past the front page headlines and into the untold stories of teams behind groundbreaking moments. Each episode examines how the extraordinary chemistry of these teams made the impossible possible. Download Teamistry for free wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more at Atlassian.com. So just contrasting that then, Hannah, to a, perhaps you've got a much tighter, smaller budget. I mean, how do you deliver? I mean, can you deliver the same amount of links? How do you handle that? I think that absolutely you can deliver the same amount of links. Um, you need to be a bit more... Uh, creative I would say as much yeah you have to be creative for large campaigns but because of your limited budget you need to go can I make this but much cheaper yeah <laughs> so sometimes it's a no but you know it, it, it's still you can you can create something really cool uh, quirky um, something that reacts to news really quickly and you can still receive the same amount of um, of links that you receive for the large campaign just to give an example mm. So some time ago, uh, we carried out a campaign that uh, it was actually a test. So I sort of thought, let's do a little test. Uh, no harm, you know, no, not, not big budget, not, no money will be lost. Let's do a bit of test and let's uh, see if it works. And it was uh, a couple of years ago and it was a simple image, uh, sort of like a brain teaser, yeah. which I find very annoying. <laughs> but um, it is a brain teaser for if I find it annoying and everyone shares down Facebook, there's something in it. <laughs> and we launched it. It took um, probably a few hours. And after the launch of the campaign and it landed coverage in the majority of national press in the UK, within one week, it had about 200 pieces of coverage and links. It went absolutely viral. It went across. So from a teeny tiny test that we've done on budget, we actually had a global campaign mm. and it outperformed some larger campaigns that we were running that month. Wow. So. It, it needs a lot of creativity because it's on budget, but I think it's a nice challenge that I like. Yeah. And it's creating something that then goes mental and you just watch it grow and it's amazing. And you know that it costs you a couple of hundred of pounds. The power of an annoying brain teaser. Oh, no. <laughs> Tell me about it. I really, really dislike it. <laughs> so what do you do then? Because obviously, you know, there's no guarantee of success. What do you... 
how do you handle when a complaint uh, a campaign doesn't perform uh, it is those are the dark days yeah you know it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's something that no one really wants to experience but i think we all do i have done you know i've experienced campaigns that you you launch it and you wait one week and you wait two weeks and three weeks and four weeks and that suddenly it's a, it's a month and it's two months and mm. there's still nothing and you know that the only thing you're doing is just pushing it more and more and more contacting more people but it, it gets to the point where we need to admit to ourselves that somehow it's not working and there can be many reasons why like I mentioned before it can be time of the year it can be bad timing it can be that something has happened and you shouldn't really be pushing a campaign because it would harm the client mm. or the fact that it's you know it's some someone really something similar so anything can happen but i think i like sort of doing a little almost like a stepping back so if you go back step by step so you look at your approach of your outreach and you see, well, can we somehow change the approach? So is your email actually the strongest or when you're calling the journalist, do you start with the, the strongest angle or what do you do when you're sending things to, or when you're contacting journalists and can you somehow change that? Can we actually look at that, review the approach of our outreach and change the outreach? If we can do that, then obviously straight away go for that change the approach and start all over again almost. If you think that this is the best approach that you actually can do, then again, you go sort of uh, a step back. And while you're between these steps, I really like um, collecting some feedback from the press about the piece. So talking to journalists and if they don't reply or if they say not, not one for us, sort of almost try to follow up and go well can you tell me why mm. you know what, what what would you what would you advise us to do can you can you tell us what you what you actually like about a campaign or why you decided not to do this not to take this content what can we you know take some sort of um, quality feedback from the press because they are those that you're targeting so if someone can give you some sort of idea or an advice of what you can change then that that's gold that's what you want if that if you got then you can actually look at the assets that you created is it actually what we wanted to create is it the best quality that we could do you know what was the feedback that the press is giving us and can we sort of invest a bit of time and change these assets and make them somehow different or like i mentioned about the big campaign can we take it apart and can we use bits and pieces and create something else can we sort of change that the the assets and and the, not not create a whole new um, design and massive new page or anything else like that? It's sort of just using bits and pieces from what we've got mm. and creating something new and something else with different angle. If you can't do that again, let's go and do that and sort of try this approach. If you believe that what you've got is the best what you could get when it comes to the assets, then it's again one step back and is looking at the very foundation of our campaign. So whether that was based on external data or internal data or public data, did we use the best angle? Did we use the the most interesting, shocking or annoying? 
data yeah did we actually go with the with the what we believed would be the best or did we somehow check that it's the best whether that's with pre uh, outreach with the press or talking to someone from the industry sort of making sure that we we actually did take the best topics from the data we've got available if we believe that we could take something else out of it then just do it and review the data and take something different whether that's focusing on um, age or location or anything that we could do to change the the approach of the campaign, change the angle of the campaign and use the data and again go back to outreach. If we then believe that we actually got the best data out of it and we don't think that there is any, any other angle or anything else that we could really use, then it's just not, I know it's going to sound really, <laughs> really annoying, but just not giving up. You know, sort of carrying on and and gathering more feedback from the press, speaking to more journalists and seeing if there is anyone who could, you know, like I said, more feedback. And and if anyone is interested, actually, so sort of rather than going, well, this didn't work and let's just, you know, look at this all wasted money and put it away. It's more like let's just not give up and let's just try and get out there and do these all these changes. And then if, if we can make these changes, just get more feedback and speak to more journalists about our content. So generally, Hannah, in this whole sort of field of, of digital PR, what would your top tip be for our audience today? I think that is sort of in every single part of our job whether that's from ideas to um, you know planning uh, content or campaign um, creating campaigns creating media lists reviewing an existing campaign that is not probably performing or is even performing and learning from it it's the research mm. so just researching everything about our campaign. And I just mentioned, if the campaign is performing, researching how and why is it performing so we can apply it to future campaigns. Mm. So sort of understanding what works, what doesn't, why it works. Not only that it works, but how and why it, we made it work. And then sort of, like I said, using that for the future and just then understand, you know, doing research about, back to our first question about journalists and publications, because it's not just the journalists that we need to research, it's the publications that we need to research and it's their audience, because it gives us something valuable and it make it will, will I think with using research in every single part of our activities and tactics, we'll find outreach much easier and we'll have successful results. Well, Hannah, thanks so much for coming on. Um, how can our listeners find out uh, more about you and more about uh, Bednar Communications? So you can visit my website, which is hannahbednarova.co.uk and also bednarcoms.co.uk, which is the company's website. You can follow me uh, on Twitter, which is at miss underscore Hannah B, or the company, which is at bednarcoms. And to see our work, what we do of our clients, we obviously publish that on our website, but also there's a company's Instagram, which is at Bednarcoms. And I'm also on LinkedIn, which is Hannah Bednarova1. Thanks, Hannah. And thanks, listeners, for listening. The show notes you will find in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, 
please leave us a review so that we know how we're doing. Uh, if you've got questions or suggestions, or even guest suggestions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. Uh, if you want to tweet us, it's at Site Visibility. Uh, we also have a Site Visibility group on LinkedIn. Well, that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Hannah. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Hannah. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Upwork has the world's largest network of independent professionals. So if you need a go-to designer, a video editor, or a social media specialist for six days or six months, Upwork is how. And it's basically like they're right here in your office. Except they're not here here, so they can't hear Greg's remarkably loud typing. Hey, buddy! I take it back. You can hear that from anywhere. And Upwork professionals are proven, rated, and reviewed. When you need in-demand talent on demand, Upwork is how. Upwork is how.